Welcome back to the Stuck In Between podcast. My name is Romy. And I'm Zandon. Thanks for joining us. In this episode, we chat with Helene Sarathkumara, founder of couture and beauty brand Gather & Stitch. We speak about turning passions into reality and what it took for her to build her company to what it is now. Helene began Gather & Stitch over 10 years ago and has turned it into a well-known brand and go-to for brides and others who'd like to get custom pieces made for their special day, whatever that day may be. So she was a perfect person to speak to on this topic. Helene is so humble and it was such a great pleasure speaking with someone with such humility and grace, yet so much talent and intelligence. On a side note, if you are new to us, remember to go back and listen to our previous episodes such as mental health, fashion, relationships and interviews with people such as Nadia Jagasar from Indian Matchmaking. Now let's get into it. Helene, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I have to tell our listeners that I was fortunate enough to wear a Gather and Stitch dress for my Year 12 formal in 2012. Um, and then Gather and Stitch Beauty did me and my friends' hair and makeup for our formal as well. And it's so great to see your businesses flourish. Oh, like thank nine you. years on, it's a come full circle. It's crazy because I remember like kind of being here nine years ago yeah, for my fittings yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. No, no, yeah, definitely. The house has changed a lot. Like the studio yeah, space and yeah, everything yeah, has yeah. changed a lot. Yeah, but I definitely remember when you sent me that photo of yeah. you guys. Yeah, brought yeah. back memories. Uh, it was Instagram was just I think starting. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Because I went back to your photos and we were like one of the first ones there. Yeah, I did yeah, like yeah. a little stalk. Yeah, to that's like, right. Are we on here. Yeah, yeah, I remember specifically using a filter because yeah. filters were like so new and we just went wild. We're like, oh, look at all these <laughs> things we can do. Yeah, it was a different time back then, but. Yeah, it was yeah. good. I definitely remember that day. And congratulations on the 10th anniversary of Thank your you. business. Yeah. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. Um, so before we get kick-started, could you tell us a bit about yourself? Sure. So my name is Helene. Um, migrated from Sri Lanka when I was four. Um, yeah, grew up in a Sinhalese slash Australian community. Yeah, always was brought up to value that aspect being involved in everything, being involved in youth groups and religious groups and things like that as I was growing up. So I do and I did value the culture and yeah. I think it's really important to keep that with you even though you're in a different country. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And sure. then, um, yeah, went to high school here obviously in uni and did visual communication at UTS for my degree. Then straight after that, I started Gather and Stitch. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a very short timeline, very short <laughs> resume. I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we'll dive into it yeah. throughout the discussion. Yeah. But yeah, tell us a bit about Gather and Stitch. How did that all come about and why did you start it? Yeah, so always growing up, I didn't realise until I look back, but my parents were kind of always like, you should kind of do your own thing and be your own boss. And I was really exposed to people who did their own thing. And so I never also myself could imagine myself working for anyone else. So even in high school, even in uni, like I was really interested in um, the business running. I love The Apprentice for right. like that kind of business running aspect. Um, and so that's always what I envisioned myself doing, like running a business, but I didn't know what it was. And then one year we were in Sri Lanka and there was like, this school who didn't have funding to build 
a building and they like had so many kids in the other rooms it was like pouring rain it was like leaking so they really needed this other building built but they didn't have enough funds it was like very rural um and then I was like oh maybe we could do something to raise money because my parents always did a lot of social work so I never thought that as being out of reach to do something so yeah we just got a whole bunch of people together and for some reason I thought it would be a good idea to launch a fashion label have a fashion show and raise money for that so that was kind of what I was thinking as a way to start but then I didn't even think oh this could be a business but it it was going to be a business but I didn't really think where it would go or Mm. you know worry too much I was like let's do the fashion show and see how it goes so yeah we started like that and yeah here we are that's crazy so how old were you when you did that I started planning when I was like 22 and I had That's just turned so 23 young. when we had the fashion show. Wow. So Gather and Stitch a week older than me. <laughs> a week older, like, yeah. Oh my gosh. In August. Yeah. That's insane. So did you always have, I mean, you've always wanted to start a business, but did yeah. you always have like an interest in fashion and, and clothes making? I I always watched like my grandma do stitching, like sewing, like not making clothes, but doing little embroideries and crocheting and things like that. Um, I was always like a neat and tidy kind of stitcher or sewer or just general person. Um, So I would make clothes for myself growing up because I'm too small to fit into clothing in mainstream. I'm too short and too thin. So nothing fit me. So I would, if I was going somewhere nice, I would make something for myself. So I'll get like my mum's old sari she didn't want or like make a dress or get some fabric and make something for myself and then I'd make some for my friends. But that was just like a fun thing to do growing up. Wow. And then, yeah, that's how it happened. I when I remember specifically at the end of year 12 thinking, should I do a fashion degree mm. or should I do Viscom? And Viscom had a whole lot of other interests that I liked because it like covers a lot of topics, whereas fashion was just fashion. Mm. And I thought if I hated that, I would be stuck whereas BizCom covered so much other things. So, yeah, I remember making that choice, but somehow I just came back. <laughs> That's crazy. So were you predominantly self-taught? And like uh, yeah, watching yeah, your essentially, wow. yes. But oh I did textiles in high school. Well, that's, <laughs> that I don't count. think that, like, that does not it count. Definitely counts. Oh I definitely God. learnt a few things. Oh so, my yeah. God, that's insane. Yeah, but not formally yeah, taught. So I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. Please, <laughs> humble. That's crazy. Yeah. So you said so that you kind of started all of this, not knowing where it'll take you. Yeah. When did it kind of sink in that you know, like, hey, I can actually make a living off of this, and this could be my career? Oh my gosh, it's really odd for me to say this, but I don't think it ever solidifies. Like, I, mm. I, it just is ever changing, and you're always doing stuff, and I don't know. I I don't think I think of it as work. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's what. It, is yeah. I don't know. I, think, I, I mean, think I, I think that's the goal, right? Like yeah. you want what you do for a career to yeah. be your passion. Yeah. Well, yeah. you don't see it as work. Yeah. yeah. So exactly. it's so cool hearing you yeah. say that because as a corporate cog in yep. a massive machine, I'm yep. like, it is possible. Yep. I can get yeah. out. Yes. Yeah. Well, you can. I know so many people in my industry who did once do corporate and don't anymore. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I just I don't have anything to compare it to, to how I feel. And differently, if I maybe I had been in the corporate world or the design world and then gone into my own thing, I could tell you. Feel different, yeah. But I don't know how to, yeah. Yeah. Talk us through the experience of 
kind of setting everything up because I could imagine at 22, 23, yeah. going through that process, it would have been... Very naive. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it would have been like a crazy learning curve. Yeah, yeah I think um, when I was starting, again, like I said, like my parents did a lot of social community stuff and we did too growing up like we were involved in a lot of youth groups and stuff so Mm. we're very used to running events and managing funds and asking for sponsorship and things like that so I think doing the event itself was a no-brainer and there was a lot of talented people around us who could had experience with that the business side of it I think you learn along the way there's so many things that happen like a year later or two years later or three years later like I wasn't invoicing at the start But then there'll be someone who doesn't pay on time and then you're like, oh, I should do invoicing. Mm. Or like someone who goes against what you think should be in a contract and you're like, oh, we should do a contract. So there are things that, you know, experiences that you have that come along that you add and you change. And our terms and conditions are so extensive, but we always have clients saying you have these. Does that mean that this has happened to you? And we're like, yes, Yes. this has happened to me. That's why it's in there. Like, Honestly, experience is everything. Yeah, and experience is the best teacher, right? Yeah. yeah. So 10 years on, like, you've, you've learned a lot along the way. Yeah, yeah, wow, that's insane. So how long did it actually take from it going from an idea to you starting Gathering Stitch? Like, I know you yeah. said you, you did that fashion show. Yeah. Um, was it, like, that show where you were like, okay, this can be a business? Or did it take a few months after that for you to be like, maybe I can actually do this? No, I think I planned it to... Kind be of, like the stepping stone. Yeah, to be the stepping stone, like the launch or the start. I wasn't aware where it would go or how it would be received or how successful it would be. Like you can't plan for that. But yeah, I just thought the business would go from there. The whole show probably took like close to a year to plan. Wow. So yeah, I guess. Because you made all the pieces. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Just the planning, like booking the venue and making all the pieces and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Um, so you obviously, I mean, you did all of this at a very young age. Yeah. Did you have a mentor or someone you looked up to, um, even if it wasn't someone in your immediate circle, yeah. but even like in the media or, or maybe someone even in your circle who you really went to for advice or looked up to? Yeah. I think running a small business, it's never by yourself. So there's always people who work with you and – like my husband knows the ins and outs of it because we met before it started and he always has – he's got that corporate experience to bring to it, like with ideas and how to run it and things like that. But other than that, I definitely didn't have a mentor. I I think being Sri Lankan, you don't have that many people mm. above you that have been in that field or mm. that you know. And since you know mostly people who are brown or like your parents wouldn't even have friends – that are in that field um I have met people in Sri Lanka like when we're there my dad's taken us to places like the mass holdings where that's like a huge industry where they like stitch wholesale clothing for different Mm -hmm. brands but it's not like they're my friends like you couldn't call them them and yeah and talk to them and things so yeah it's really different it's not like you can do med and then talk to a auntie or someone, an uncle who's like really high up in the field or yeah. something. There isn't anyone that I yeah. know, yeah. And I think that's the beauty of seeing people like yeah. you doing what you're doing. Yeah. Is that it kind of paves the way for, you know, yeah. people who are younger yeah. to see that it is possible to kind of break the typical career paths that South Asians have yeah. Yeah. and kind of venture out to try something that they are passionate about and pursue that as a career. Yeah, I'm sure there's so many young people who'd like look up to you as a mentor. Yeah, yeah. we'll look up to you guys as well because – like there's always someone watching you that's younger um so 
with great power comes great responsibility. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Um, I think, um, I mean, I guess to that point, growing up, I wanted to pursue music as a career. Yeah. um, And I didn't for a few reasons. One, partly because I don't think I was disciplined enough to take it seriously as I should have. But another big part was that I, in the back of my head, was always thinking about how other people would perceive me pursuing something like that that's not really conventional i think there's also that mindset of like being an immigrant you know like we're still finding our footing as first second generation migrants let's not rock the boat let's kind of play it safe do all the conventional things yeah um and you know passion can be a hobby as opposed to a Mm. career um have you kind of felt the same rami because i feel like Mm. you know we're sitting with someone who has converted a passion into something Mm. more tangible yeah i think like for me um I do a bit of photography yeah. and at one point I was like, maybe I could make this a full-time thing, Yeah, but I never did. And I think it was partly, it was more self-doubt yeah. than like the community or what people would think. Yeah. Um, but that's just like, I just thought, oh, like maybe I'm not good enough. There's really good photographers out there. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't something that I did full-time. And it was also the idea of like, because it was a passion of mine, I was afraid of making it a full-time thing because yeah. I was scared that I might stop enjoying yeah. it as much. Yeah. Did you ever have any doubts like that with yeah. turning your passion into – I mean, I know you said it doesn't feel like work yeah. because you love it so much and yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Did you ever have that fear? I did have that fear and I think that's why I consciously chose Viscom instead of fashion right. because I was scared I'd get sick of it. But, again, somehow I came back to it. So maybe I was just meant to do it. Yeah. Um, but – I think you just have to like, I mean, especially with what I do, it's always changing and it's always different. So when we get a bit bored, we do like a fashion shoot where it's like exactly what we want to do and how we want to do it. Like for 10 years, we did that video and that was really lovely to have a creative outlet and just do it exactly the way I would want it done in terms of clothing and hair and makeup. And then the videographers brought their own vision. But yeah, you just got to have like that refresher, that, Something yeah. you can control yep. yeah, yeah, just to break it up. I think for yeah. me with not pursuing music, it was also because it's obviously not as stable as different career paths. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it is a big risk with kind of a long haul to get to where you would want to be. Yeah. Um, with you starting that your own business, how was that experience like for you? Because you're taking a leap as well, right? Yeah. Not going down a conventional path, backing yourself and... Yep pursuing something that like like we were saying there's not many other people you could look up to and say this is how they did it this yeah. is someone who's doing something similar who looks like me yeah you have to kind of pave the way yourself yeah I think um in terms of like whether it would be a stable one that just comes from years of doing it and doing it well so uh, I just always remember like my U4 teacher saying mm. if it's worth doing it's worth doing well so if it's worth your time then put 100% in otherwise it's a waste of your time and your energy. So if you want something that much, then you've just got to play the long game and not the short term. Like it's very easy in this society to like want it right away. But all these businesses started from zero and they took years. Like how many times did all those billionaires get set back before it clicked? So, you know, when I started, I was luckily still at home. And so there was no like overhead capital, like I didn't have a mortgage to pay or anything like that. And then two years into my business, I got married and my husband had a stable income. So then at least while we were still growing, he was able to support us. Um, But I can remember like the first year I probably made under $8,000. 
And so, you know, and this is 10 years on, it's different. Like we did maybe two weddings that year that we did your formals. Right. In 2012, we probably did like two weddings. And now we do like two in the morning and two in the afternoon (laughs) sometimes. So, you know, it just – the growth happens, but you just have to provide like all our – we have not paid for advertising. It's all been word of mouth. So as long as you – are always doing the best job you can do, like quality, service, everything, yeah. then word of mouth, word of mouth, word of mouth. Yeah. And over oh the years so it's it like spreads. A combination of a calculated risk. Yeah. But also being disciplined to, you know, adapt and yeah. learn from your mistakes. Yeah. Mm. And um, pursue yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. That adapt is a great word because again, we started like two thousand and nine was the year that Facebook started. And we started in two thousand and ten. So we did have a Facebook account, but Instagram wasn't there. And Facebook was very different than now. Mm. And we started off as a clothing label, no hair and makeup. Mm. So it was clothing plus fashion photography. And then we just cut off fashion photography and went with hair and makeup when that started to get popular. And so you've always got to adapt and change and go with what your strengths are. Mm. And I think that is what makes it successful over time. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you just took us through like the struggle of that first, you know, year or two. How did you keep going, you know, and Mm. kind of look for that long-term vision rather than like, you know, because I mean, it's very easy to think short-term and be like, oh my gosh, like, like you know, it's going nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, it's not going anywhere and like kind of give up on it. Like what gave you the strength to just keep going at it? I have no idea. I mean, there were hard times, like, there would be fights, there would be, you know, doubts. There's like, you know, especially I would say, like I tell everyone who wants to start their own business, the first three years is the hardest. Then the three to five years gets a little bit better. But then after five years, you kind of get your groove. Mm. So if you can last five years, that's why most businesses fail in the first five years. Yeah. Because that's really crunch point. Right. And then after that, you kind of get your groove and you've kind of seen everything that comes your way. You know, yeah. you you kind of see there's a lot of things that comes into business running, but you kind of have seen most of it. Mm. Yeah. So overall, I guess your parents yourself were quite supportive of you, but in the South Asian community or, you know, looking at brown people um, as a whole, what do you think the main barriers are to pursuing their passion? Yeah, I think um, first family pressures um, and what's expected and the pressures – whether your parents put on you or your uncles and aunts or the pressures that they put on your parents and so Mm. on and so on. So therefore the community. And then I think that, again, comes from like fear and misunderstanding of what it takes or what success is. Um, And then also just, I guess, not having someone above you or before you that has done it where you can point and be like, yeah, see, they did it. So Mm. we can do it. Um, That's brown. Because your parents want to see someone brown. Yeah. Um, they don't care that somebody else has done it because yeah. they can't relate and yeah. they can't see you doing that yeah. until they see a brown person there. Yeah, It's really nice even when you like watch SBS or somewhere, you see people of colour on there mm. and it's like, well, that's, you know, showing people that they can have a successful career in journalism or you know yeah for sure even things like like what seeing someone brown masterchef like yeah, yeah exactly yeah. oh that's every so other great yeah got a mood for them because yeah like, 
exactly. Yeah. yeah. But it's also playing into the narrative of you don't need to go down the conventional path. Yeah. yeah exactly. I was like so impressed this year, Master Chef, where um, there's so many like Lankan or South Indian mm. people cooking, yeah. and then they did the group challenge where they actually chose Lankan cuisine to make. Oh. So I was like, yes, <laughs> like great, like yeah. I would have not seen that. Yeah. yeah, ten years ago, yeah. exactly. No way. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I think a couple of years ago, the winner of MasterChef was like this Malaysian Indian. Yeah, guy. yeah, yeah, yeah. Shashi, I think I loved yeah. him. He was yeah, great. he was great. That's a tangent, <laughs> but yeah. Um, and then, like, I guess we were talking about barriers to starting a business. Um, did you face anything from that point of view? I guess you you had supportive parents and things yeah. like that. But was there anything yeah. else where? you faced a barrier um, of starting or even continuing to, to keep going with the business? Yeah, I think the barrier would have – not really a barrier. Like you said, I did have supportive parents, which I'm very conscious about when I'm raising my own. Mm. Um, but um, I think, like, when I dropped Matson Science, which is, like <laughs> – Oh. Controversial. <laughs> like, oh my what? gosh, a brown person yeah. not doing maths and science. Not doing both, going to a selective school and dropping both. Um, so at that point in year 10, <laughs> when I had to approach my dad, I think that was when we got backlash from the community. Mm. So that was when people would call my parents and be like, you know. That's wild. Yeah, your child's future is at stake here. Oh They're not going to be successful, blah, blah, blah. Luckily, my parents like, you worry about yours, I'll worry about mine. Nice. <laughs> um, and yeah they were fine with it um but yeah everything else was I didn't think about scaling or everything but they were all like downwards but it just shows that if you are really good at something then that's all that matters and yeah. you should really just push it um that was probably the barrier and I think once you go past that and people see how you can be okay without doing mm. maths and science, um, then they kind of stop talking. Um, yeah. It's like um, with a few of the guests we've had on, it's been that kind of recurring theme of you know, people are going to talk, whether yeah. that's they're South Asian or not. Yeah. But it's about, you know, proving what yeah. you're about um, by like walking the walk instead of talking the yeah, talk. Exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. And when exactly. people see you succeeding, yeah. they're going to shut up, right? Yeah. Because yeah. you've proven them wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think for them it's fear because mm. – they came from a country where unless you're a doctor or engineer or a lawyer, you were poor. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. you couldn't you be successful. Well. And, yeah. they, and they were the height of their community. Yeah. And so when they come here, they're like, you know, this is a fresh place to start. We can do this. And then our children must be the best they can be. Yeah. And so they push you to be what they think is the highlight of jobs. Yeah. Um, but they don't know that you can make money and you can be successful doing other things. Mm. And Definitely. I think our generation will have to be the ones, if they want to pursue the passion, it's to show them that. Mm. And sometimes you just have to, like, do it before they come around. Yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, be a stockbroker, they should have taught us that, like, you know, <laughs> if you want to make Bitcoin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, like, do app making or yeah. app design, whatever yeah. it's called. You know, there's so many different ways of making money and being successful in that way if yeah. that is how you view Air success yeah, exactly. yeah yeah because you know success is so different um, it's different for everyone it's yeah. different for everyone um so but i think it's fear for them as well yeah. and i hope the next generation like i hope our us and our children will view success differently i think they yeah. will yeah. Mm. yeah i think um like going back to your earlier point it's like 
you always want the older cousins to do all the crazy stupid shit so that it normalizes it for everyone yeah. else. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, you're paving the way by yeah. by showing people that, you know, going back to what I was saying earlier, that it is possible and yeah. you can be successful by whatever metric that they've defined. Uh, yeah. But there's more important things than yeah, that definition of, of success. Yeah, yeah. And I think there is always, I mean, with all the creatives that we've interviewed so far, there's always backlash going into a, a creative yeah. industry like at some point like the fact that you dropped maths and science was kind of like yeah. the beginning of you moving away from that conventional yeah. path and going towards something more creative there's always backlash at some point because yes. yeah to your point like our families have come from places where being a creative doesn't get you anywhere yeah. like you you're, yeah. you physically can't afford to eat yeah. or live a comfortable life yeah. whereas you know they've moved to the west and there's a lot more opportunity here and I think yeah a lot of people miss out on taking those opportunities because they kind of just yeah. get pushed down conventional yeah, paths yeah, yeah. and break away yeah. from it. Yeah, playing it safe, exactly. And I think to me at the end of the day, everything is pointless unless you're happy. So I always tell, especially younger kids, what you're doing in life, whether you're sitting an exam or uni or like choosing something to do, like you're not doing this for your parents because they're not going to be there forever. You're not doing this for your teachers because they're not going to be there forever. At the end of the day, you have to live with yourself and the yep. choices you have made. Yep. There's no point going to a job, which is where you spend 90% of the time yeah. if you are unhappy there. Like we're all really lucky if you think about the rest of the world and where we are and you have to use that opportunity that you have. Otherwise, it's just a waste. Yeah, There are people out there who honestly don't have what we have. Yeah, and they and don't even have that choice. No, they yeah. don't even have the choice. So you have the choice, you have the ability, you have the physical ability even. Mm. Let's start with that. And so use it and don't waste it. Yeah. Yeah. Can we just pause the recording so then I can write my resignation letter? No, but um, we were talking, um, you know, we we're talking to Tamina um, a few episodes back. Yeah. Funny that, you know, working in the same industry. Yeah. And we were talking about how, like, as immigrants – we are so lucky that our parents took the risk to bring us and give us a bit of life. Yeah. But do we play it safe and, yeah. you know, keep going as we are? Or do we take the risk to push not only our families and ourselves, but our yeah. communities forward? Yeah. Um, and, you know, bring that culture and bring everything that we can bring to a new industry in Australia yeah. in a new way rather than playing it kind of safe. Yeah. 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 And it's also putting South Asian people on the map too. Yeah. I mean – yourself like we were just talking about this earlier and I because I follow you know your page and stuff yeah. I was aware of how you were one of the finalists for the Miss Australia yeah. costume yeah. so the fact that there is like a brown yeah. Australian designer up there yeah. on sunrise yeah. doing an interview and were you runner up or yeah yeah, yeah. like that's yeah. amazing yeah. I mean even if you hadn't gotten a, a, yeah. a runner-up position yeah, or just whatever it may be just yeah. being yeah. there and being a finalist it's amazing because yeah. No doubt there would have been like brown aunties and uncles yeah. watching being like, oh my yeah. gosh, there's a brown girl yeah. on the screen. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. even if they didn't know who you yeah, were. Like exactly. It's, yeah, it's just well, putting us on the map. Yeah, they still tell me about that day. Yeah. Like if I That's do awesome. something oh, wow. in the I community, they yeah. they'll be like, I saw you on Sunrise. <laughs> They're really proud. Like it's nice. Yeah. Um, I remember getting a call from the Sri Lankan consulate that day. Oh my God. <laughs> after coming home just because I guess they were shocked too. Because they obviously, I didn't tell them I was going to go on. I didn't. I didn't know they'd be watching TV. Hello, either, but like, yeah, yeah, just just going to be on. <laughs> I Make should sure have. Um, yeah. So I think it's it is good because 
when you see someone who is like you, then you think you can do it too. That's yeah. really important. Yeah, and yeah. the same people who would have um, talked smack about you dropping math and science and now like yeah. so <laughs> proud of you seeing you on yeah. TV. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm not angry with them or anything. Yes. It's just, honestly, it's the unknown yeah. Yeah. that yeah. scares exactly. them. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah. yeah, once you showed them it's okay, they're yeah. okay. Yeah. 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 Would you say it's a, you know, 10 plus years mm. doing what you have been doing? Yeah. Would you say that that moment on sunrise was the highlight it was definitely like a pinnacle Uh, like if you think of it as like a mountain range it was definitely one of the ones up there yeah I actually don't know what I would say is my favorite thing or like the height I think just getting here is a good height like (laughs) for sure yeah yeah, of course yeah 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 most definitely when you first started your business so going back to that a little bit um what was sort of like your longer term goal or aim? Like, did you have something in mind where you were like, in five years time, I want to be here or do this? Or yeah. was it something you just played by ear as you went? It was a bit of both. And I think my vision for where it would be when I started is very different to where it is really? now. Also, because I think I change and what I want changes. I think I imagine myself to be more managing rather than doing right yeah like having more staff yeah having a bigger space you know just more managing and overlooking and a bigger amount of people employees and stuff like that and then as I got older I just that wasn't what I wanted Mm. I I liked that one-on-one connection with the clients and making it just about me and them and like talking them through the process and more personal and I think maybe five or six years into it, I was like, actually, I don't want that. Like, I didn't want the vision I had younger. Um, I want it to be more one-on-one. I'm happy how it is going. Um, Yeah, I see the future of it very differently than when I did when I started. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of the time, like, you also hear of people who start businesses and then they end up doing the management side like they don't actually like you start a photography business and you stop doing the photography and you just manage have people who work for you and you just end up managing the business so um and then it kind of you lose sight of why you started in the first place and you stop doing the thing you're passionate about so like it's crazy because I watched your 10-year video and you said you still make all the pieces yourself which completely surprised me because I thought you would have at least had like one person to help you because (laughs) I would have thought so too (laughs) put out is incredible like I can't even imagine the amount of hours that it takes like Like, what does that process look like? Just because I'm so curious to know, like, is there an average amount of hours, hours. that it takes? Um, for an outfit, I don't know because I don't count the hours. Yeah. Um, and I think I've gotten fast over the years too. So whatever I was doing for three years would be very different to how long it takes me now. So I think, again, experience is key and you learn so much as you go. So the our thing is really hard to account quantify, for. Yeah, yeah, quantify. But um, yeah, I think before I had my daughter, I tried to make it nine to five mm-hmm. just so I wouldn't be doing it 24-7 because as the business is starting up, it is 24-7. Not yeah. 20, like you worry about things. Like yeah. you just, every person who speaks to you is speaking to you like you are a person, you're not a business. Mm. So you take everything personally. Yeah. Right. So even if something goes wrong, you can't sleep that night. Yeah. So that was at the start. 
And so as you get older and if the same problem came to me that happened when it was three years in, now I probably wouldn't lose sleep over it because I know how to handle it. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it becomes like I think I do more now but I have less time to do it. Yeah, right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. especially after having my daughter um, almost two years ago, you just don't have the time. Yeah. I probably yeah. do a few hours a day yeah. as opposed to, yeah, nine to five. Yeah. Such a luxury. <laughs> <laughs> in, that, in, the, in the process of, you know, collaborating with your client, doing the design yeah. and actually um, putting together the outfit, what's your favourite part? Of the process mm, probably looking for materials yeah like oh. going with them to choose a lace um or like the main feature material i love that yeah. i could I, just be sleeping on fabric <laughs> i love fabric yeah i would have assumed that the favorite part would be seeing them oh, finally wearing oops, the sorry. final let's go back yeah it's seeing them it's seeing the clients <laughs> and meeting the final piece no but it's yeah. great that you enjoy the process yeah, 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 like yeah i think yeah, that's just like as important journey, not, yeah, the yeah, yeah. not just the yeah. final piece yeah. the, fi- then the final piece uh, <laughs> <laughs> no no it is it is lovely to see it finished and it's like a relief oh, they're like done but yeah. the bit that gets them excited and me excited is the fabric yeah, yeah. just seeing it and then i think i love I think this is how I approach people as well, like seeing what they could be. And so mm. when you see the wow. the fabric, the I can see the potential. Yeah. And so that's, that's what I awesome. love. I love before and afters. I love before yeah. and afters of absolutely everything, like home <laughs> reno shows, yeah, yeah. garden shows, anything. Yeah. And so I think that's what I love, awesome. like oh, seeing what it could be, yeah. Do you still like get nervous at all um, about like when you're creating a piece, even though you like, you know, you're amazing and you've got so much experience now. Do yeah. you ever like, you know, does a client ever have an idea and you're like, you know, a bit nervous when you're stitching it yeah. in terms of like whether you can execute or whether they'll yeah. like it? I think, um, again, that was more at the start. Yeah. And I think as you do more and more, you kind of solve those problems. Mm. Um, so again, definitely if I was given the dresses I do now back then, I'd be like, <laughs> but I believe in slow and steady growths. And it has been a slow and steady, well, not slow, but steady growth. And so you kind of, you make mistakes and then you fix them and then next time you don't make that one. So it's just come like that. But a lot of, I mean, Google is your best friend and there's so much resources out there now for anything you don't know than there were 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got resources and things and yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever like designed something? and created it and then just mean like i wish i could keep that for myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah all the time yeah. yeah i would have nowhere to wear it too but <laughs> only so many times you can be a bride <laughs> um yeah as someone who's running a business mostly by themselves yeah how often do you feel burnt out and yeah how do you manage situations like that i think i mean that comes with any job um job in air quotes um but I mean, we always used to take a holiday at the end of the year, which just, I can't do anything besides emails. So, mm. like, my hands aren't doing anything. Mm. So, that was always a good break. I think, like I said before, if you do a project that you're interested in yourself and not for anyone, that really helps. Yeah. Like, doing the 10-year project or, um, yeah, just being creative, whether it's a photo shoot or something, that really helps. Just taking a break, however long that may be. <laughs> I can only afford four weeks in a year. <laughs> being like conscious of self care and yeah, I think so, self. and just yeah, having a break, um, just yeah, mentally, yeah, everything, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because I remember, I think 
I don't know if it was in that video. I sound like such a stalker. Yeah. But I remember you saying like uh, to two point two five mark. <laughs> are you this minute? <laughs> <laughs> no, like I, I think you said um, there was one point where you were like quite tired and burnt out. Yeah. So you took a long break. Yeah. To really think about whether you wanted to continue doing yeah. this, but while you were on the break. And you came back, you yeah. realised, like, okay, like, this is where I'm meant yeah. to be. I think um, that was when, because I usually go to Sri Lanka at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we went there for four weeks and it was just a hectic year. Like, not in a negative way. Yeah. Good way. It was a really busy year, guys. Um, <laughs> and then it just makes you really tired because you go, 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 go. Your brain is just like, okay, the next one, next one, next one, next mm. one. Um, and then afterwards got back and... I, I thought I'd still be sick of it, but the moment I sat down on my sewing machine, I was like, oh, my, my hands know what to do kind mm. of thing. It you was nice. Miss it? Yeah, not miss it. <laughs> 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 Who misses um, not being on holiday? But um, yeah, definitely felt like, okay, it's, it's, it's like it felt like home. Yeah. Yeah, I wow. can't describe it in any other way. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if that's because my brain was conditioned. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel like home when you sit behind a podcasting mic, Romy? Yes. <laughs> she doesn't look like <laughs> that would be yes. No. So, um, what advice would you give for anyone who's you know wants to pursue their passion in their career or start a business, yeah, but might have those barriers kind of stopping them from doing so? Yeah, I think what I said earlier about if it's worth doing, mm. then it's worth doing well because I think. Unless you're doing it properly, it's probably going to not be successful, to be blunt. Like, you've got to really put 150% in, especially at the start and always, um, because it's on you. It's Like I said, it's for you that you're doing this. Mm. So why not try your best? Mm. That would be my biggest thing. Just go for it, but try your best. Because mm. I, I hear of so many people that just, I don't know, they give up. Mm. They start it and then they give up and then they get lost in the corporate world again because it's safe. It's a safe place Mm. to be. And as you would know, because you guys have started this, like it takes a lot of time outside of your corporate hours and then you're like doing two things. And so one thing has to give, like you need to give it up. So most people go back to corporate because it's safer and you've got a steady income and whereas the other thing just takes time. Yeah. So it's like planting a seed. What you want is a slow growth. Not a slow growth. I keep saying slow, but steady. steady and yeah. not don't rush into it. Because mm, when yeah. you rush, you fall. It's mm. just like the hare and the tortoise. Like it all means something. I did work experience at a photography business for a while. And that is what taught me a lot of business knowledge. Mm. And always just like that slow, steady growth. Play the long, not the short game. Um, it's really easy to forget that in this world and in this climate because, you know, one moment you're poor and then the next day you're a billionaire because you've done an app that, you know, that's luck. Yeah. Like it's half luck, half talent, but it's not always an overnight success Mm. and you can't think it will be. It is like honestly a journey. Yeah. So unless you've, you've got to have that drive, you've got to really like it that much. But yeah. then you reap the benefits of it later. Yeah. yeah. So just remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think 
I mean, to your point, for every one example of that person becoming a billionaire overnight, yeah. there's exactly. hundreds, hundreds of thousands of yeah. millions of people who yeah. are on that slow growth. Yeah. Um, so with social media and everything, it's so easy yeah. to get caught up in that. in that. And you don't see how much they had to do to get to that night of yeah. success. Mm. So they could have been struggling for 10 years yeah. before that. They could have been working on it, working on it, working on it. So yeah. we don't know. We don't see that story. We don't see how hard. I don't know anyone who has a business who doesn't work hard. Mm. Like you hear about Beyonce and everyone, like they work so hard. They work their butts off. But you just see their celebrity life and you think it's all glitz and glamour. It's not. For There's sure. nothing that is like that, yeah. For sure. And also with um, the way you've gone about pursuing your passion as a career, it's been very calculated. You yeah. haven't, like you said, you didn't rush into it yeah. blindly. You did your research. You took all the right steps in the most methodical way and yeah. stayed disciplined to it yeah. to be able to do what you're doing. So, yeah. um, you know, congratulations on that. Thank mm. you. I wouldn't say I took all the right steps, but I think what it is that you learn from mm. the yeah. Lo- yeah. wrong yeah. steps yeah. Yeah. and try that's to it. make it a right step. Yeah. 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 That's important. Yeah. yeah. For sure. As following on from that, what for you is the most rewarding part of what you do? I think it would be being able to do what you want to do, being able to have the flexibility of time. Um, I want to look back on my life and it not being about work. Mm. I just am mind blown how much time we work in the short life that we have. Like we place such an importance on it, but like place importance on happiness and family experience. Like what do you want to look back on and be happy with? have a life without regrets mm. um it blows my mind that sam neddy and some have chosen this as a place where they want to spend their life because we've all choose a place to spend our life when we choose an occupation mm. like society's told us that's what we should do have a job and so we yeah. do it without really thinking how much time we spend and like that's literally where we spend most of our time mm. so make it worth it yeah, yeah. I mean, in your day you spend more time with your work friends colleagues yeah. than you do with your family yeah, yeah. Right? Exactly. So exactly it may as well be something you love to yeah. do yeah i guess in saying all of this what does success mean to you to me it's being happy and yeah. looking back and not wishing i had done something differently that's awesome so kind of coming to the close of the podcast yeah um uh, with celebrating the 10-year anniversary of your company what are your goals for the next 10 years yeah, I always joke about it and say it's retirement. <laughs> I think 40 years <laughs> is enough years to work, <laughs> right? Um, everyone's like, oh, you can make your daughter's dress now. I'm like, yeah, she could make her own dress. I'm just <laughs> looking forward to her <laughs> doing um, whatever she wants, actually. Um, <laughs> um, no, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I have a general idea of where I would like it to go. Um, I would love to do another fashion show, if I could, for another charity. Um, it's always been at the back of my mind but yeah I don't know I'm I'm very aware that I will be 40 and well 44 (laughs) Um, but I know that I don't know like will I be relevant you know will because there'll be a 20 year age gap between us and my clients you know we're staying right. in the wedding the market who are getting married I yeah. mean, but to your point you've been so adaptive and flexible yeah, so yeah. far so i'm sure I you'll be? figure it out i don't know um i hope i will be but yeah that yeah i can just hope and see how it goes yeah, yeah but i feel like you 
I don't know, you would have by then, like even already you've got so much experience and you've made so many like different types of outfits. Yeah. Like the, the really unique thing about you is because it's all like custom made to what yeah. people want. It's all different. Yeah. So I feel like by that point you would have had even more experience. And I'm hoping. able to like make anything. Like yeah. you already can, but it'll yeah. be like even more. Yeah. You can always hope. I hope I will change and adapt and go with the flow. I just don't know what the world will be like then or yeah. um, what kind of social media or what apps. Like, you know, 14 years ago, none of this was possible. Yeah, thought. Yeah. Podcasts were not a thing. So, yeah, you just don't know. Ten years from now, that's huge. That's yeah. a big gap. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe not ten years, but 20 years from now, the yeah. clients oh. that you had yeah. done wedding dresses for, you'll be doing They'll formal dresses their for kids. their kids. Yeah, I oh will definitely gosh. be in, in retirement 20 years from now. <laughs> <laughs> there is no way I'm working that much. <laughs> I love that. Um, so to end the episode, do you have any recommendations for our audience? It can be anything. Yeah, I had a whole week to think about this. <laughs> it was really, it was really hard because I don't want to recommend something that won't bring value. Um, so I thought of the Instagram page, um, shit you should care about. Mm. Yeah, mm. I, I always come back to that because they're very well researched, yeah. um, and they're very well balanced in their how they present news and topics. So I feel like they walk the line of like funny, but also yeah. like impactful educational, educational yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of things I learned from them and I think they really take time to research and a lot of news do not. Yeah. Yeah. They've got a really great podcast as well. Yes. And shedding light on a lot of stuff that's because they're a lot younger than I am. And there are so many things that I am not aware of that I completely missed because I just wasn't part of that generation. Oh, right. right. And so I would like to know those things. As probably a woman growing up, I would like to know what that age would experience and the pressures that they have because it changes who you are and who you can be as you mm. grow up. So I find that really interesting and how they yeah talk about it. And it influences, it, it says a lot about society and that age. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's, it's very like interesting. It's a very different culture. Yeah. Like we're realising being in our mid-20s, yeah. just cousins who are like five, six years younger, yes. it's completely it different is completely how they look at things. Yep. And um, I think they're Kiwi as well. So, you know, supporting yeah, Kiwi. a yep. fellow Pacific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love sister. that as well. Yeah. And I feel mm. like um, their upbringing is different when they are Kiwi mm. versus somewhere else in the world because, mm. I don't know, a bit more balanced. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Definitely see that, yeah. Well, thank you so much again for your time. You've loved having that conversation about, you know, pursuing passions. And I think you've kind of given me a little bit more of a nudge to figure out what I'm doing with my life. Yeah. And, <laughs> do it, uh, do it, do it. Maybe change careers. <laughs> oh my gosh. gosh. Hopefully no one from your work is listening to me. If you are, <laughs> oh <my> please. <laughs> oh my God. It's HR. <laughs> no, be strong, be brave. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much. No Romy. worries. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. I was really excited when you approached me, Romy. Oh my gosh. And, and of course, like being you, I was really proud oh, of you. you. And like you guys taking this leap. It's really nice thank to you. see. And oh. it was lovely that I had done you, like yeah. your hair and makeup and yeah. made your dress. Like I've that's been really lovely. Following you yeah. guys like yeah. since then. Yeah. And hopefully one day you'll make another dress for me. <laughs> <laughs> that would be lovely. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Yeah. Thank awesome. you. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. You can find Helene on Insta at Gather and Stitch Couture or at Gather and Stitch Beauty. 
And for us, you can find us at stuckinbetween underscore podcast and Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. Join us for our next episode where we interview Swana Rajalingam, aka Life of a Social Butterfly, and unpack the very important topic of colorism. See you then. Bye.